Jesus, we want to come and declare this morning that we're not interested, God, in silver and gold, praises of men, adoration of this world, God. We want you and only you. Jesus, we want to declare this morning that you are life. You are life eternal. You're the water that quenches our thirst. We want to come this morning to you. We present ourselves to you. We pray that in your Holy Spirit that you will come. And that you will convict us this morning. Convict us of the things that's taking our attention away from you. God, would you come and show out to us the distractions. Because we want to walk with you, Jesus. And we know this is the promise that you've sent your Holy Spirit, one that is like you, that we might have a helper, that we might walk with you, that we can talk with you, even in you not being here physically in the moment. We want to declare, God, that you are more alive even than our lungs have the capacity for air. And this morning we want to be so aware that you are the one true living one, the living God, the King of kings.
this year we started off and I want to encourage you I'm going to preach but please if the Lord is doing something in your heart don't feel like you need to sit down or don't I don't want you to sit and go cool preaching mode because this is not this is not what we're going for here started off the year in speaking about where I believe the Lord wants to grow in us joy and he wants to grow in us our joy to mature and our hope to mature in him and that joy that matures and the hope that grows is because we know him because we see him because we understand who he is more and more and who he is is becoming more and more of a reality not just out there and from the preacher or or just what we read in the bible but there's a physical and a, 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 a relational emotional uh, spiritual connection that we have with him and it's becoming more and more real even more real than the things that we're facing in our day-to-day life I'm so convinced of this. I'm so convinced that he is more real than what I can even imagine. And I believe it's his heart for us that we mature in that. And we had the story of Peter and John that walked past the lame beggar on their way to the temple. And they say, and he, he was asking for food and I said to him, Silver and gold I do not have for you, but what I do have for you, we will give it to you. Stand up and walk. But he didn't just say stand up and walk, so sorry for that. But he actually was very clear. He said, silver and gold we do not have, but what we do have we give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. It's not a power that Peter and John had in them to be able to go bing, bang, boom. No, it was like, we know who He is and who He is and what He does. Because of that, in the name of the one who I'm speaking about, in the name of the one that I know, in the name of the one that is doing that same work of changing the lame legs inside of me, I want to say to you, He's done it for me so He can do it for you. So I'm speaking in the name of Jesus. Stand up and walk. And in that moment, there was a standing up and there was a walking. And that man stuck to them. Because he's like, man, like you introduced me to somebody. And, and, and I believe that the moment that he stood up and walked and his eyes was opened, he saw something of Peter and John that was that he has tasted and he has seen physically in his body, but now in everything he saw that how connected they are. And then the word actually speaks and says that he didn't leave their side. And then we come into the piece of scripture in, in Acts. And just after that, the next portion, and it actually says that Peter came in walking with this man that everybody just saw something that happened to him. And he came walking in and it's almost like, Dave, I'm going to just pick you up. It's like I'm walking with Dave into the temple. And it's almost like he's connected to him. And everybody could see who's this man that is walking in with him. Thanks, Dave. I want to say to us this morning that on that day, people knew that God was moving. They didn't always know what they saw. They didn't always, they couldn't understand it. They, they, but one thing that they knew is that God was there and He was moving. And I want to say to us this morning that I believe God is after our hearts. He's not after our actions. He's not after the knowledge that we have in our minds. He's not after how many scriptures you can read or recite or what you know or what books you've read or what studies you've done. He's after our hearts. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in him 
should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. It is clear through that scripture that God wants me and you to be with him. But God is light. And that light that shines, darkness cannot stand. Darkness, in fact, runs away. And so this morning, even as we're sitting here, I know that in my heart, and I know that for us in our hearts, there's something sometimes of a darkness that we go like, we don't want it exposed into the light. And it keeps us from being able to come to Him. Because we're scared in that moment, like that scripture says, that it will be exposed. And we can think like, oh man, it's the affairs or the this or the stealing of money or the whatever else. We might think it's these outward things. But I want to say to us, these outward things are not really the things I believe that really keeps us. It's the things that are in our heart, the things that are hidden that we are most scared of. But I want to say to you today that God wants your heart. He doesn't want the outer garments. He doesn't want what your clothes look like or what your life looks like in terms of your household and your finances. Those things are also there. But they are just fruit of what is on the inside. And so when we change those things or we do, do, do those things differently and honor God in those finances in our marriage, it should be things that are fruit that's coming from the inside out. But we're very good at making the outside look good. But on the inside, we know that there's a distance and there's something, there's, a, there's like a screen between you and God. And when we come into moments when God moves, it's that thing that gets us to go like, oh, I can't. What is it going to cost of me? What is it going to look like? What are people going to think? And my encouragement to you today is, come to Him. Come to Him. See, it's never been a question of is there sin or is there not sin in your life. It's never been the question. Scripture is clear. All have fallen short of the glory of God. The question has always been, are you going to allow Him to take away the penalty for sin? To pay the price for sin in your life? It's never been... Do you have sin or don't you have sin in your life? No, it's like, I'm going to make a way. Now, give it. Because I've paid the price. And so in us approaching God and saying, God, here is my sin. Here is my life that is broken, that cannot be healed without you. You're actually doing the best thing you can do in your life. And it's not just a once-off moment that when I get saved on that day. No, it's like, it's a daily coming to God 
and saying, God, I realize I'm not yet perfect. I realize, God, I'm not yet the way I want to be. I say, Lord, would you come and take this? I want to read a scripture this morning, and this is kind of where I want to start off. It's in Acts 3, and it's going to be just a, a little bit of a, a portion of scripture for us to read. And it's in Acts 3, verse 11. And this is after Peter um, spoke to, to, the, to the lame man, and he stood up, and people were looking at it and were wondering at what happened. And while he clung, verse 11, while he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in a portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at this as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? And this is something, just before you can just keep it on, this is something of a heart that was back then and still is very much right here, right now. It's where we're sitting and we're seeing God moving and things happening and we're going like, oh, it must be Brett or it must be Martin or it must be Dave or it must be Rian or it must be the worship leader. And we go and we look at these things and we go, okay, when Brett is going to preach, then I know I'm going to find that thing. Or, or when, when Vimpy is going to sing that song or when Adam or when it, when someone is going to bring that thing, that is going to be the thing that can change my life. And even Peter and John on that day sat with the same thing of people seeing God moving and instead of seeing it's God looking at man and hoping for salvation. No man can save your life. It's Jesus alone. The God of Abraham, verse 13, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified His servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy the righteous, and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. I want to ask you this morning, are you a witness to the death and to the resurrection of Christ Jesus? Because you have met Him. Because He spoke into your heart and showed you And His name, by faith in His name, has made this man strong, whom you see now. And the faith that is strong through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as as did your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of the prophets... That his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. The times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of His holy prophets long ago. We believe and we can see that God is busy moving and that God wants to move more and more. The people that Peter was speaking to here, 
is not Gentiles. It was Jews. Jews were the people of God. They were the church-going folk, just like we are. But yet in that, they completely missed the Messiah coming and turned him over. And if we sit here this morning thinking that we don't do the same thing, we will be fooling ourselves. That we can be the people of God, unable to recognize God himself in the room. And here Peter and John, Peter speaks into this and he says this, he says, repent. He's preaching the gospel to God's people. And this morning for us, I want to start and I, there's three R's that I want to, I think I knew Brett's dad's going to be here and the Baptists like, like their letters. So this one is for you. <laughs> I'm joking. But three R's this morning that I want us to look at. Because if there's one thing that I, like, that's burning in my heart is that I don't want for any one of us to miss out on what God is doing. In fact, I don't want for me to miss out on what God is doing. This might be a bold statement. I'm sure it is. I don't want revival. I want Jesus. I don't want revival. I want Jesus. Revivals come and they go. And yes, there's something of God that happens. But I want Jesus every day of my life until the day that he comes back or that I fall asleep. But that is what I want. And that is what I want for each and every one of us. And I'm not saying that I'm the special guy or anything. But right now in this moment, like I'm the one that God has said, you need to make sure that everybody knows. And so this morning as I'm standing here in front of you, I want to say to you, God loves you. And his heart is for you. And the desire of his heart and the history and the testimony of his life since the day creation started till the day we will one day see when Jesus is going to take us and bring us to a new, a new earth and, and to be with him in his presence into eternity. Until that day and then more, his heart has always been and will always be to be with us and for us to be with him. So this morning, I want to dispel that thing in whoever's heart is that God doesn't want me. God doesn't love me. No, no, no. He loves you. He loves you deeply, madly. The thing is, I want nothing between me and God. And so the first R is repent. Peter speaks. He says, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. So if we think back on the, the first scripture in John 3.16, it speaks about light and about darkness. Let me remind us. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever who does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light. This is not something that we go like, you know, I'm not like that. No, no, no. Sinful nature is in us. And there's something in us that's always going to want darkness more than light. I can vouch for that in my own heart. Maybe you are more holy, but this is, this is something that I need to fight. 
something I need to fight vehemently in my heart. It's so easy to just want to hide my mistakes. It's so easy to just want to hide attitudes in my heart. But I find the more I open up about the attitude, the more I, f- I, I, I open up about the things in my life that is, that is actually revealing a sinful nature, the more I find refreshing. Because I find brothers around me that encourages me. Because they recognize that same thing in their own hearts. And they go, like, hey, we, we understand that. See, but we think people will come and judge. Unless repentance come, they can't be refreshing. I'm going to expose someone now. You not, don't know who I'm going to expose, but they're going to know I'm exposing them. So I love you. Get a message last night. Hey, Rian. Life is a bit hectic. Not going to come to church tomorrow morning. I just need to break, break the cycle a bit. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's what it reveals is the places that we run to to find refreshing is everything but God. And we think if I've got that car, my life is going to be better. If I, my house looks like that, my life will be, I, I can just come and rest. If I have, I mean, it's not just physical things, but it's if I have that job, then, then my life, I'll be able to breathe. I'll be able to take it easy. I'll be able to come into that open space. And so we find all kinds of things that we can fill our lives with or take out of our lives thinking that we'll find refreshing. But you do that, you get to that place, you buy that thing, and before you know it, you feel exactly the same, if not worse. Because that kind of refreshing will always be stale. It will always come to a place of where refreshing will end. But when you come into the presence of God, there's a refreshing that comes and it changes things. And it changes the eternal perspective. There's moments in my life where God is the furthest thing of my thoughts. And those are the moments that I bump my toe <laughs> and that I get myself into trouble. Where disappointments and fear takes over. Or my flesh or my anger. And it might not come out physically, but I, it's there. And it's happening in my heart. See, but when I come and I repent, I find that God comes and He lifts up from my shoulders the weight. And He gives me perspective to not continue in that. Does that make sense? Earlier in the year, I spoke on just repentance. And I said to us that as we mature in God, there's a place of where we can't fight for ourselves. And that's a place where you're stuck in sin and you're without God. And God comes very much like that lame beggar. And God comes and He God like just rips you out of it like that lame man. And conviction comes of sin and it's, that thing is revealed. But I can guarantee you this. That for that lame man that tasted something of God, the moment when there's something that's happening in his life that comes in between him and who he has seen God to be and experienced God to be, is going to start going like, whoa, 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 God, what's happening here? Why am I not with you? And he's going to start asking the question, is there something, God, that I've done? Is there something? Because see, God wants a relationship. He's not the man of rules and regulations. No, he wants a relationship. 
And so in relationship, even the thing like repentance is the way that we can build relationship with God. I know we've got all got those people in our lives that like you feel always feel like you're doing all the effort and they're doing no effort. Amen. But somehow with God we do that same thing. And I know God loves us. So he's gonna run ten steps, probably a thousand or a hundred for every attempt of a step that we give. But there's something in us where we need to recognize that relationship that we have with Him. And say, God, I do not want anything in between me and you. Not even a thought of me think I know what to do or thinking I know what it is. No, 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 God. I don't want anything in between me and you. And so, God, I'm going to run to you. So, repentance becomes something that we run towards not sit and wait for it to drop down in our laps. Does that make sense to us? And so my, my ask to you this morning would be, when last did you run to God? When last did you ask Him, like, Lord, I'm not, I feel like there's something in between me and you. God, is there something that I've done? Is there a harsh attitude? God is luck. Martin Luther says this. It's an old theologian. Very old and dead. When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, Repent, He intended that the entire life of believers should be repentance. Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. I'm going to say it again. It has never been a question of did you sin or did you not sin. It's always been an invitation to do something with the sin that is there. And you can keep it and try and do it by yourself. But you're going to end at the end of your life realize I couldn't. Or you can come to him and say, God, here I am. I want to lay it before you. Because you are the only one that can take away the sin. You are the one that paid the price. Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Refresh. The first one, repent. Second one, refresh. Who needs a refresh? No, keep your hands up. He's not one of us. You can keep your hands up. He's <laughs> not one of us here this morning that can say, and maybe you can, you need to come preach here instead of me, <laughs> but that can say that, man, you know what? I don't need any refreshing. I'm all refreshed. There's not a weight that I don't need to carry. It's like, well, there's not, you can put your hands down. I see people are going, look. No, each and every one of us, we're in that place of where we need a refreshing. Because we know the momentary relief that comes when we do certain things, but that moment passes quite quickly. Like these moments, like I know you guys know that I've started surfing. And these moments that I go into the ocean and it's cold water, and it's just you and the sea and some sharks, and you start surfing, and it's like, man, I feel so alive. But for that hour, hour and a half that I'm in the sea, I'm like, I'm not thinking of anything else other than the waves and the next wave that I'm going to catch. But the moment I'm out of the sea, 
It's like, whoop, back in reality. Are there finances I need to look at? Are there relationships I need to work at? Are there problems I need to sort out? It's like I can't escape those things. But coming to a Wednesday night where God was moving, man, there's something that happens. And it's not something I did or something that caught my attention or something other than, you know, some, ad, uh, some parents, and I've done it a couple of times, when your kid cries, you kind of go, cool, 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 let me get your attention here. Oh, you're crying about blanky there. But look, here's a birdie. And baby goes, ah, ah, ah. It's like the presence of God is not something that just takes our attention away from the sin in the world. No, 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 no. It strengthens us. It revives us. It rejuvenates. It rebuilds in us something that we can still face the things of this world and stand strong and not give in to it. Where me surfing is the little birdie that just catches my attention. But the moment that birdie flies away, I'm still back here having to deal with my blankie that my mommy has taken away. (laughs) And so everything in our life that we try and catch onto and hold onto becomes the little birdie. But we're always going to come back to the blankie. But repentance, bringing yourself before God, it says your sins are blotted out. And once your sins are blotted out, it opens up the way for times of refreshing. It opens up the way. And that's why I'm saying revival cannot replace God. I want Jesus more than I want revival. Because life with Jesus is a consistent place of being refreshed. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. But it costs me to come into the light with my life. 1 John 1 verse 7 says this, But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So we often use that scripture in terms of accountability. You know, let's walk in the light. And that's good. And there is something we need to do because there is fellowship we have with one another. But more important than fellowship, or not, it's not like it's more important, but it, it's, it takes more precedence or takes more weight, is the fact that in the light, His blood covers us from sin. So what keep us, keeps us then from the light? Brett mentioned it on, on, on Wednesday, Wednesday evening. James 4 verse 6 says this, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. It's pride in our life that keeps us. Pride that keeps us from times of refreshing. Because it keeps us from taking the sin that everybody knows is there, bringing it into the light. So my question to us this morning would be this. How long do you think you can go without being refreshed? I've seen people scurry their whole lives trying to find that refreshing because of pride in their life, not willing to humble themselves before God and say, God, here is my sin. God, here is my life. 
God, I want to expose my heart, my, my thoughts, my actions, my intentions. God, here it is. They just try and hide it. And it ends up in a life wasted. And that's outside of the church. But in the church, what do we do? I can tell you what we do. We hear something, we go, cool. And then we change our temporary, we change the outside without allowing God to come and change the inside. And what ends up happening is the outside can only hold that form for a certain amount of time until it just defaults back to what is inside. So we've got temporary changes versus eternal differences. And we try and look the Christian way because, man, I, I can't be a Christian and struggle with swearing. I swear in my mind, but when I'm at the church, I'm all good words. But man, let me drive and let that taxi drive in front of me. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, no, no, it's okay. God knows my heart. And then we come in between the brothers. And it's all just love, beautiful grace. But it's not real. It's not real. You see, God is not looking for us to look a certain way. He's not looking for us to be all dressed up and have our tie and, our, and, and look like we are acceptable to Him. That's why people struggle so much with the day when Jesus hung on the cross. That man that stood there or that was also on the cross right next to him, like he has done nothing in his life. He just in that moment said, well, if you are that one, then I'm going to believe in you. I'm sorry. He was real. And Jesus' words to him is you are going to receive eternal life. He's done nothing with his life. But yet, he's in the presence of God. Just because of him being real with his life. And for some of us, we're going to sit in church for all of our lives. And it's going to be this, this pretending of what looked like something that is good. But actually, it's just all fraught on the inside. Because we haven't been real. Refreshing is something that God wants to come and do. It's something that we desperately need in our own hearts, in our lives. And the way to that is to bring ourselves before Him, to expose ourselves. In John 3, that scripture I read in the beginning, it says this. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. That fear of being exposed in your own heart is the kind of fear that drives you to a place of where you're completely dried out and dead. Not able to even take any water anymore. And we should come and say, God, I don't need you to expose me. God, I willingly come to you because I know when I come to you, I find refreshing. I find that you make me new. I find that my sins are blotted out. I find that you make me clean. You wash me white as snow. And so God, here it is. Take it.
So if you paint, refresh, and then restore. The times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that He may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time of res- for restoring all the things about which God spoke by His mouth, by the mouth of His holy prophets long ago. God is wanting to restore us back to Him. This has been the word. And when you go further into Acts 3, you see Peter speaks about Moses. He speaks about all this, the, the, the prophets that's gone before and the things that, I've, that they have said. Let me quickly read it for you. Moses, um, verse 22, Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel, those who came after him, who also proclaimed these days, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. And he's speaking to the Jews there, but that promise is for me and for you also. He said he's going to come and restore all the families of the earth back to him. That is his heart. It's to be with him. And so as we come and we present ourselves to God, and we repent, we say, Lord, here it is. We find times of refreshing come over us. And as we're being refreshed, we experience something of God that is restoring us to what His original plan was with my life and your life. So I'm going to ask the band, if you guys can come up. We do believe that we are in a time of where the heart of God is wanting to refresh His church. Of where we see His presence delivering people, salvations, people being set free from all kinds of things. Healings. Over the past two, three weeks, we've seen healings, we've seen deliverance. We've seen salvations, people recommitting to God. Like even on Saturday morning, some of the youth is came together and going like, we, we want to seek the presence of God. There's a igniting and a desire that is growing within the church, universal. And we see all over the world, these pockets of people coming to God and experiencing God. And I believe the greatest danger for us sitting here this morning is thinking that we know and that we don't need it. No, 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 no. If anything, we should be the first ones to recognize that we need His refreshing. Because we know what it does. We know what it causes inside of us. We know that it's restoring us more and more back to Him. But the only way for that is if we come real and say, God, I need to bring myself before you. I need to repent for attitudes. I need to repent for even thoughts of whatever. And maybe you don't know, but you know that not everything is right. And then that is that place where we bring ourselves before God and we say, God, show if there's any evil way in me. Because God, I want a clean heart and pure hands, or clean hands and pure heart before you. And so we run to Him.
And so my last R this morning is remind. I want to remind us. 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 to 6 is this. And there's a prayer that Paul prays. First of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. (laughs) For kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all which is the testimony given at the proper time. And I repeat that. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. And so maybe in this moment, if we can close our eyes, And it's not because we don't want you to see what's happening in the room. But really, it's just for you to be able to come and not be distracted by things around you. But in this moment, to represent yourself to God. See, we don't want to be people that just hear about God. No, we want to take Him at His Word. And as His Word comes... His word is the standard. We want to weigh ourselves there. So, Lord, how much of this is in my life? So, as your eyes are closed, I want to ask you, use this opportunity to bring yourself before him. Let's not wait for him to come and convict. Let's say, God, I give myself to you. Come and work in me, O Lord. when Jesus sat with the disciples he broke the bread and poured the wine and he started speaking to the disciples about his body and about what's coming and he encouraged them to remember and to be reminded of who he is of what he's done and who he came for Whenever, as as much as you come together, remind each other of this. And so this morning is nothing new. It's nothing mind-blowing. It's nothing dynamic. No, it's Jesus. one who has come to save the one who has come to seek out those who are lost the one who answered the call of his father and gave up his life for the sins of the world there's nothing worth more attaining in this life 
and having Jesus and having all of Him. So if there's anyone here this morning and your life is not with Him, I want to invite you to come to know Him. And the way you do that is to say, Rian, here I am. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to repent. So I realize I'm running tired and I'm just not finding rest for my soul. So if you are here this morning and you do not know Jesus and you've not given your life to Him, I want to invite you this morning to come and give your life to Him. Maybe you can't stand up, but if you can maybe just look at me, I can see who you are. Because we would really love to pray with you. There's no shame in this place. All of us here this morning are ones that have given our lives to Him and are still giving our lives to Him. So for the rest of us, I want us to come into a time of just breaking bread and sharing communion. But for that, we need to come before Him first. And lay our lives before Him. I'm going to ask us to do a bold thing this morning. And it's not for me to show me that I've preached a good word or effective word or anything like that. Really, I don't care about that. It's for each and every one of us to have the opportunity to respond to Him. And to bring ourselves into the light. As that scripture says, we are in the light and we have fellowship. And in the light, the blood of Christ covers us from all sins. And so this morning, if you want to, in a sense, respond to this word, I want to ask if you can come and join me. And join me not because I'm standing in the front, but join me because I am want to be the first one to say, God, here is my life. I'm the first one to want to say, God, I need times of refreshing. God, my life, I need to repent, God, because there's things in my life that need you. And so I want to ask you that if that's you, that you come and join me at the front here. And we're just going to stand here at the front. And we're just going to give our lives to him. And say, God, would you come and work? Because we want to be with you. encourage you that as you step forward with me that you just present yourself in this way before God and say God here I am we're not waiting for a song or waiting for the next thing to happen we are in this moment presenting ourselves to Jesus